Anytime there's a mass shooting in America, inevitably someone will make a link to mental health. Treated once for a mental health illness. It's indicative of a mental health issue in this country. These shooters are invariably mentally incapacitated. But experts say the relationship between mental health and gun violence is more complex. Someone who goes out and massacres a bunch of strangers, that's not the act of a healthy mind. There's something wrong with that person. But it doesn't necessarily mean that they have one of these disorders of thought or mood regulation that psychiatrists commonly treat. Dr. Jeffrey Swanson is a professor in psychiatry and behavioral sciences at Duke University School of Medicine. If we were to cure, magically cure, all the mental illnesses, serious mental illnesses in the world, like depression and bipolar disorder and schizophrenia, which would be wonderful, it would reduce our violent behavior in society by about 4%, and 96% of it would still be there. Dr. Swanson, who's carried out research on mental illness and reduction of gun violence, says it's complicated because there's rarely just one thing going on. It could be a mix of trauma, drug abuse, alcohol abuse, alienation, and sometimes mental illness. But Angela Kimball, National Director of Advocacy and Public Policy for the National Alliance on Mental Mental illness says people with mental health conditions are 23 times more likely to be the victims of violence than the general public. When we think about gun violence, what we know is extreme anger, hatred, and violence can motivate people to hurt or kill others. But we should never confuse strong emotions and beliefs with mental illness. And because of mental health conditions, Kimball says the diagnosed experience immense amounts of discrimination while the rest of the world will confuse conditions like schizophrenia or bipolar disorder with things like psychosis, which has many causes, including paranoia, Alzheimer's, drug use, trauma, or sleep deprivation. Blaming mental illness or mental health conditions for gun violence is really a distraction from the real issue at hand, which are evidence-based risk factors, and the fact that in our country, it's easier to get a gun than to get mental health care. Access to mental health care has been a passion of Cook County Sheriff Tom Dart, whose county seat is Chicago, a city no stranger to gun violence. At least 15 wounded. Authorities calling it a case of gang retaliation. Sheriff Dart has created mental health programs to help inmates in his jail, including the SAVE program, which groups young males from the county's 15 most violence-prone zip codes with mental health professionals. They spend eight hours a day going through cognitive programming that is, we tweak it every once in a while, but it's a pretty solid plan that we've had going for, I think, about five years now, where it goes at what we and experts have suggested are some of the triggers for violence. Violence. Sheriff Dart also developed a mental health transition center, a place that offers a complete schedule of behavioral treatment like anger management, therapy, meditation, and aftercare. And he has treatment response teams that focus on de-escalation tactics. We now have uh, iPads that my police officers have. And so when they go to a mental health case, we can literally hand them the iPad to either the mother or father or we handed it actually to the person who's in a mental health crisis at the time, and they're sitting on the iPad talking to a mental health professional. Although most of the attention given to guns and mental health focuses on mass shootings, the CDC says on average 60% of all of the gun deaths in the United States are suicides. Two phone calls that really just definitively changed my life. Linda Cavazos, a survivor and advocate, lost her brother Louis to gun suicide. And found Louis with a single gunshot to the head. She says not only did her family not know Louis was having suicidal thoughts, 
He lied to a friend to get the gun. The friend basically left the gun unsecured with ammunition and told him that he wasn't going to be home and just come over and get it. That's why Cavazos is pushing for more secure storage laws and what's known as red flag laws. 19 states have passed such laws, which Dr. Swanson says let police or family petition a court to temporarily remove guns from someone who poses a threat to others or themselves. Even if you're someone who says, well, guns don't kill people, people kill people. Well, here's a law to help you figure out who those people are. If you're struggling with thoughts of suicide or you're worried about a friend or a loved one, help is available. Call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. Daria Albinger, ABC News. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. 